0: The opinions expressed on questions you didn't ask are those of the individual participants and do not reflect those of their respective employers and institutions. Welcome back to questions you didn't ask in the series titled in the shadows, navigating homelessness, veterans, and incarceration. With our guests, Mr. Eric Hargrave, Mr. Dennis Fonteroy, and Dr. Benjamin Bell. Let's get back into the conversation. So as a health equity researcher and action person, I ascribe to intersectionality. And one of those reasons for that is because I try to challenge my own privilege, right? And be aware of the different levels of privilege that either I or other people have. And one of the privileges that I have is that I'm a Christian in America. And that means that I say amen and I say hallelujah and I go to church and I do that like the majority of other Americans. And so I realize that I have that privilege, but I also honor and recognize the fact that a lot of my brothers and sisters don't go to church, are not Christian, Either they have their own religion or, you know, a different religion or no religion at all, you know, in in the black community. And I'm sure in the larger Christian community, I'm certain that Catholics can relate to this, that there's a lot of church hurt, pain, trauma that affected people's spiritual walk. Right. How do you all address the spiritual needs of your population when they are not?
1: christian you can go first I got, I got i got something for it okay i know you do here's what i got for that you know i got love for you right yeah the bible says by this shall will men know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another right mm-hmm. i don't you have to say that but if i look you in your eye and i tell you you know i got love for you right that opens the door for the conversation and the relationship that we're gonna have, that your life will never be different, will never be the same from this moment on, from the love that we have and the love that we share. I don't have to say God told me to. I don't have to say Jesus saved me. All I gotta do is say, you know, I got love for you, right? And I got a granddaughter named Chicky, And every time she sees me, she says, say, granddad, you know I got love for you, right? Oh. Do you see what I'm saying? And yeah. And everything else that comes after that is because of what we have here, what we share here. That's how I deal with folks' religion or spirituality or what have you because if now we have a conversation and we can talk from a from a, a level of, hey, it's all about the love, so everything else can be worked out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I know that a lot of people would answer this differently, and being. Uh, a part of the marine corps i got a chance to work alongside some of the most professional the most tactitional proficient people of ever in the in the world when we take it to a different level and being my first roommate when i was in okinawa japan he was from alabama and he talked with a twang
0: mm-hmm. and
2: and i could have swore he played the banjo but i might be going too far <laughs> <laughs> but we had multiple disturbances in our room. We Mm -hmm. had multiple conflicts because, you know, I wasn't privy in Tulsa, Oklahoma to be called the N word. Mm. I I wasn't privy to somebody talking down to me that I live across the, you know, I got tile, we got tiles in between us. Nothing, nothing, much. you know, we we live together, but we came to an understanding. I'm not going to say that we became friends. I am going to say that we were able to see above our hate,
1: Mm. see
2: above the discrimination, to see above how we were told to look at, you know, white people that that acted that way, how I was told to look at them, how he was told to look at me because of the color of my skin. But we had to clean our room together. We had to make sure each other was in formation and out of our room and at work. One was accountable to the other. -hmm. I've seen and I've felt love from people that did not like the color of my skin because we both gotta get home.
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: In combat, it don't matter what color your skin is, it don't matter what your religion is, it doesn't matter if you what you you believe in life. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And when you can really pull boil it down to that human aspect, Mm -hmm. there's this Latin inscription that says omnia vincit amor. love conquers all. When you begin to apply love, like Dennis was saying to to any situation into all situations, it will conquer whatever else is happening. Um, So the love we had for each other, the love we had for our families, for the need for our careers to advance. We knew that we had to work out what we were taught. We had to work out what we felt about the situation. And got and get the job done, and and that's how I interact with people now. People are just people, and they have God in them. Mm-hmm. No matter how far back in a back pocket they got God, <laughs> it's in them, or they wouldn't be breathing. Because mm-hmm. I know that God is the the breath of our life. Mm-hmm. He is everything that we encompass, but we you know, and, and He gives us that will and that autonomy to not acknowledge. Right. So I see that in all people. I'm able to see myself. So I know they got God in them. If they, they looking at me, they breathing or whatever their situation is, I know that God is in them. So regardless of what religion they follow, what faith they've acquired over the years, what habits have drawn them to that and how they think now is irrelevant to me.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we were able to make that distinction And I wanted to make that point uh, to our audience so that when they come into connection and in partnership with you, that they understand and can model the importance of connecting on our humanity and connecting on our core love and whatever you call God, you know, in, in, in in the spirit of love. We, that's where our point of connection can be in regard to problem solving. I'm going to ask one more kind of heavy question and then we're going to start to wrap up. And that is housing is expensive right now. I feel like everybody is in danger of homelessness. I mean, I feel like, you know, because wages are not changing that much. <laughs> and So I'm curious, what are you all's thoughts around ways that people can work together to disseminate quality, affordable, sustainable housing? I mean, you can stay there for a minute, not just six months. You can stay there. You can feel secure that this is your home. You don't have to worry looking over your shoulder, that hypervigilance, right? For veterans and people who have been incarcerated, or people in general, like I said, I feel like with these housing prices, I don't understand how anybody is able to afford rent. And as one of my colleagues who works in economic justice used to say, as we were trying to come up with health equity solutions and attempting to uh, tackle housing, is he said, rent has never gone down. So what are some of the ways that people can work together? to create or disseminate? I mean, what are some of the things that you all are seeing or would like to see in your beautiful imaginations? Maybe you can speak it out into the universe and it will reverberate back. In your imagination or in your reality, what are some of the strategies for disseminating quality, affordable housing that's sustainable?
2: It it definitely has already started. The vision is already there. All we got to do is walk there. What we call as a part of his house is uh, property solution partners and getting people like developers together, the people that are already doing the housing, the people that are, um, are involved in investing in land and creating those models. So we've seen multiple different projects. Icon 3D is one in Austin that builds 3D homes. And has an objective to end homelessness through building those 3D homes and building communities. It's a lot cheaper to use the composite than the wood, so that's one solution that they're they're working on with, with that 3D project. Another one is using these existing properties that may be dilapidated that may be, people walk drive by it every day It's no use. And we get people uh, like one organization in Wichita called BAM. there's a, con- a construction company who's managed multiple properties in the city and they use them all for affordable housing. So they don't put the rates high in order to gain the most profit. They just keep it at that affordable housing level, maintain them as well and not make them another ISO within the community. So that's that's one way that one of our property solution partners are, are out there actively doing it. But also keeping the land and these developers that are from these overseas investment agencies that are just buying up land, putting up these high priced condos and whatnot, that's not really feeding into the community, but they're just feeding to this high end, you know, like in Austin, they have, you know, uh, these areas that, that nothing but the I.T. people, because there's a lot of I.T. jobs here. So but a lot of that is not for the everyday American. A lot of people don't make 90,000 plus every mm-hmm. year. So they can't afford to stay in some of these areas. Mm-hmm. So keep keeping the land or working with the community because they have planning commissions within each city. So allowing people to come in to build these high rises and to build these things is a part of the problem. Um. Mm-hmm. So, allowing companies like ours to to build a solution, we have a you know a couple of developers that have built some other models where they're able to you know make a one facility, not you know kind of like an apartment building, mm-hmm. um, but making sure that it's it's a quality structure and it's something that will be deemed for affordable housing and not something that is is used to again gain as much profit as possible. I mean, if the property only was a hundred thousand and it's two hundred fifty thousand to put the structure on, then there, at some point that land will be making money over itself over and over mm-hmm. again. So there's opportunity there to get back vice to take away from that community.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think you you pretty much covered you know ninety percent of what we talk about, of mm-hmm. what Eric is, is sharing. Uh, I would just also say that we can continue to be creative in the in the buildings that we are are building that we are constructing Mm -hmm. being here in in kansas i often wonder i'm I'm like what's the big deal about you know land because everywhere we go there's like hundreds of thousands of Mm -hmm. acres out there there's like nobody out there and i'm like wondering well why don't some people come to where that there are not you know Mm -hmm. and over you know why can't you go get you a an acre or five acres or 10 acres, because there's plenty of land out there.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Obviously learning how to to see what is not there, you know, being able to to walk by faith and not by sight, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And being able to be educated enough to see that for what it could be, as opposed to just what it is, is another way. Teaching Mm -hmm. that real estate, teaching that planning. My dad taught me way back in the 60s and 70s, about the planning commission, mm. looking down the road, you're you're able to go in and see those five-year plans, see where they're putting, you know, those infrastructure,
0: mm-hmm. learning
1: how to, to see what you don't see. So the mindset of how we're going through that process and matriculating to to a home ownership is a mindset, and what needs to happen so that that individual, those individuals, can. Uh, See the reality based upon uh, not just what they're seeing right now, but what needs to happen for them to get to that next level. So that change of mindset, again, along with the with our uh, partners, with the developers, I think everybody can and should have a home that ain't the leak, the the roof ain't leaking, <laughs> and, and that wind ain't blowing through like you right. walking down, like you're walking downtown Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, and they have, uh, I, I forgot to mention, one organization that we're, we're partnering with, Shiloh, City of Peace, out of uh, Kentucky. And they're doing great work out there. Quita Gaskin running that organization. They're, they're in seven different states, two different countries, pushing home ownership, pushing how to go from homelessness to homeowner, implementing curriculum for all the residents, as that is one of the goals of all the residents is to become a homeowner. But bringing them in, to the fold, you know, she's a retired army and has been running that organization for about 10 years and doing great things. So those, those type of partners that can begin to teach how to leverage business strategies to gain mm-hmm. more land. I've been learning more and more about that every day, but the education that it takes to be able to sustain a plan for affordable mm-hmm. housing is a whole nother education level i'm learning the value of the property's equity i'm learning how you can leverage things within the business so that you can you know buy more and, and do more then it says this uh, what it say? money on uh what, what uh ronnie say uh money, money on the wood make everything good everything good so so you I, said
0: money on the what
2: money, money on, on the, wood. the wood
1: make everything good <laughs>
0: All right, break that one down for me. I'm, I'm a little slow right now. Come on
1: so, now. So uh you know cheap, money to buy land. There you go. You know, these are these are some old school stuff. So since you got it on record, <laughs> you can just go ahead and write it down. And uh, I'm
0: yeah. gonna write it down. I'm gonna write it down.
2: Talk is cheap, you know.
0: But
1: um, but it takes money to buy land.
2: Yes, That's it right. does. So being able to learn about How money is in different forms. Money has all different types of colors. The services we provide is money. Our time is money. Every skill that we have is money. Money don't have to be greenbacks or don't have to nowadays be a swipe of a credit card. But we all hold value. And as we as we look at each other's value, we are wealthy already. But just being able to see that, like I said, home ownership is a mindset, wealth is a mindset. Mm-hmm. Being able to see ourselves as the most valuable thing on the planet, because there will never be another Eric Hargrave. There will never be mm-hmm. another Naisha Frey. There will not, mm-hmm. not be another Dennis Farnelroy. Um, So holding our value and knowing our value to be able to project all we can on this world is a, is a personal decision, is an interdependency with the spirit within you.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. So my last drop the mic question or no, it's actually my second to last, I'm I'm getting bad at this. I gotta get better, come on now. (laughs) So my second to last question is what are the questions that I should have asked or that you want to ask that we did not ask today
2: Hmm.
0: that are critical to this issue of addressing housing among veterans and formerly incarcerated populations? I want us to challenge ourselves and our audience. What are the questions that we have yet to answer? Questions that we need to ask to tackle this issue?
2: I would would say, what happens when it ends? What happens when there's no more homelessness? What happens
1: Mm. when
2: there's no more people to save? What happens when everyone's faith is strong? What happens when we all are on the same accord what happens a lot of people set out to do things and when it's over they they don't find value in themselves anymore they they don't have a need to 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 go any further and they they become complacent with you know where they are it's cushion comfortable hey everybody's living la vida loca it's you know it's a great life but what happens then uh, how do we sustain the, the need to be there for one another how do we maintain the level of love that we have for being there during a charitable event or a worldwide mass tragedy? You know, everyone drops everything they're doing when there's an earthquake in California or there's a flood in Indiana. You know, we send all the troops in. We, we get all this involved for the moment. But what is to sustain the love once we reach our goals and our marks? Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm, um, I am stay with my advice every day, that there's two things you got to do every day to be successful. And one thing is brush your teeth.
0: <laughs> but
2: two is to give honor to God and do prayer and meditation every day and to, to acknowledge him, to, to ensure that I'm operating this thing correctly. Mm hmm. I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do on a regular basis in order to please God and not please man. But again, that's my driver. And that is the only driver that really is everlasting. Mm-hmm. But h- how do we maintain that is the question that I would ask.
1: Mm-hmm. My response to the mic drop after all of these. And similar to what Eric was alluding to after all of this conversation, information, thought-provoking questions that you that you've provided to us, when will we see our families, our culture, our communities really begin to work together mm-hmm. to realize that we are better together. I don't compete with anyone, because like you said, I am who I am. and be successful based upon my honoring God with my life and treating others as I would treat myself. But when will we as a culture get it and get back to the fact that we are better together? Sisters and brothers, men and women, fathers and mothers, dads and moms, We don't have to compete for the affection of our children. We don't have to outdo each other. When we have the love that we really should have for our fellow man, our fellow woman, I don't need to compete with you. We can do this together and we can do it better together. When is that going to happen? And when it does, Again, we won't have to have these conversations. We'll be able to go to the family reunions.
0: <laughs>
1: we'll be able to call brother, sister, and cousin near, you know, without having to just say, hey, somebody died. Mm. It'll be because I'm coming over for dinner and let's spend some time, which is the most valuable thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You see what I'm saying? Yes. When I are we, we going to get to that point? And I Mm would say to you, my sister, you always welcome in Wichita. Come and sit on the (laughs) floor, eat up some chickens, and drink some lemonade.
0: Oh, that's my type of business.
1: Come on now. I don't do anything that I I don't tell anybody to do, nothing I don't do myself. So you're invited to the country.
0: All right. Now, y'all heard it there. I I got invited to the whole cookout (laughs) down there in Wichita, Kansas. I've never been. I would love to come. Oh my gosh, I've enjoyed this so much. But I want this conversation not to just be a conversation. I want this conversation to be a connection. Just like you've invited me. I want to invite my audience to connect with each of you to either partner or, hey, there might be some folks out there that need to access services. What is the best way for people to reach you in order to do those things, to partner or access services?
1: TheFountainLife.com. Our website, you can go on there and see how we do what we do, uh, donate, check out uh, what projects that we have uh, on the larger scale. Of course, we have about ten other sub projects <laughs> uh, that we always working on. And um, you know to be able to share what we have, what God has given us, I want to stop for a moment and share my friend, Will Jones, who is the technical guy here in his studio, and he's uh, been a great friend of mine, and we've done radio programs through the open door, and he does leadership training, and he's just a great guy who has a a wealth of information and resources and knowledge. His name is Will Jones, and uh, he can send you his information. Uh, because I definitely don't want to overlook, you know, my good friends and who who have helped me along the way, you yeah. know. Uh, and so just a shout out to Will Jones. So the fountainlife.com is, is where we can be found and all of the information is there. God bless you.
0: Thank you.
2: And I, I just want to say before we end, this is a divine appointment. It's been a long time in the making, and you know, from a long career in the Marine Corps, But I started off, you know, me and Dennis have a a really fun relationship. That is my cousin, uh, my mentor, my mama's first cousin, you know, but but getting kicked out of the bed as a kid, you know, you know, when he came down from Kansas to Oklahoma to visit, you know, to being able to build an organization with him to be able to at this time be able to change aspects of societies in the world is a blessing in itself so i I couldn't i couldn't be more proud to to be a part of of this initiative and being able to do so um so but if people want to get in contact with me i challenge your audience i want to put a challenge to your audience to call us at our word make us work give us the resources we need and watch what we do with it but they can reach me eric hargrave at hisolution.org It also has links to what Fountain of Life has going on there and our initiatives and uh, what we stand for on our website, hisolution.org.
0: Awesome. So you guys heard it here. You've been challenged. Challenge them in calling them higher, challenge them with resources and impact, and they are ready to meet the charge. Thank you. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. And I am so glad that we have you here and uh, much appreciated. So I just want to tell our audience until next time, we will be having a wonderful conversation. Again, don't miss it. And make sure you check out Hargrave Innovation Solutions and the Fountain of Life Ministries. All right. As well as Dads with a Purpose. Thanks. Have a great day.